The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. You might think that we've come to the end of it all, at least the church year. I mean, here we are, we've been preaching now for how many Sundays has it been, Pastor Dave? You might think that we've come to the end of the church here and that we've come to the end of it all, but I don't think that'd be the right way to look at Christ the King Sunday. Really, when we come to Christ the King Sunday, we come to the heart of it all. We come to the very center of our faith. As we see and we put that crown on Jesus' head that He deserves because of what He's won for us. We've also come to the very heart of the Old Testament. Did you know that? Daniel chapter 7, by scholars, by theologians, by people who comment on the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 7, they say, is the most important chapter of the book. I mean, Christians, when they look at history, they look at history through the framework, from the perspective, through the lens of Daniel chapter 7. So, I'm going to read a good portion of it. It's about half the chapter. You can open up your Bibles and see the rest of it. And then we're going to think about this chapter together from Daniel chapter 7. We're going to start right there at verse 1. Here's what Daniel writes. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. And visions passed through his mind as he was lying in bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream, Daniel said. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven, churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. The first was like a lion, it had the wings of an eagle. I watched until its wings were torn off, and it was lifted From the ground, so that it stood on two feet like a human being, and the mind of a human was given to it. And there before me was a second beast, which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, Get up and eat your fill of flesh. After that I looked, and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard. On its back it had four wings like those of a bird. This beast had four heads, and it was given authority to rule. After that, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the other, all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one, which came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a human being and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. 
His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beasts had been stripped of their authority, but were allowed to live for a period of time. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, Glory and sovereign power, all nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit. And the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. This is the word of the Lord. It was a real nightmare. It wasn't like those nightmares that you maybe had as a kid. Remember those? Running into your parents' room, maybe mommy or daddy are there, and you say, Mommy, I had a nightmare. And she, she takes you into her arms, and she says, I'm here, and, and it's not real. This nightmare was not like your nightmare that you had as a kid because this is a real nightmare. And Daniel knew it. He knew it to the very depths of his soul. He knew it because the Lord had given him insight and had said to him, this apocalyptic vision that you have just saw, this is the future. And when he saw it, the Scriptures say, his soul shuddered in his body like, a, like a, a sword shudders in its scabbard. And it shuddered so much so that, that the blood drained from his face and he became pale and his breath was ragged. It was a real nightmare. And I think you can understand why. I mean, just look at this vision. This vision is rated R and not for sexual content. This vision is rated R for sheer violence. I mean, think about what's happening here to the saints. The saints are being eaten alive. Beast after beast is rising up from the earth. And that's important to notice that. Beast after beast is rising up from the earth. The second beast is a bear. And the bear has apparently mauled somebody. Mauled them so badly that the only thing that is left is three ribs and the bear is munching on those. Two other beasts rise up. One looks like a leopard. Another is faceless and actually nameless. 
And Daniel doesn't even bother to tell us, you know, is it a lion, is it a leopard, is it a bear? He doesn't tell us because that's not important to him. What really grabs his attention are two things. The things that he names as he wrote it down. The teeth, which were iron, and the claws. And the claws of this beast are scooping up the saints... And they are taking the saints and placing the saints into the mouth of those iron teeth and I can't tell you what happens next for the sake of the children. It's a nightmare. It's a real nightmare. You know, the saints, what they're called in this vision, only one thing. In Daniel chapter 7, only one thing. The saints are called victims. I want you to think about that. The saints are called victims. And it never gets better for them. Not throughout the whole chapter. It actually never gets better for them. They don't organize themselves better so that all of a sudden they can start winning these improbable victories against these powerful supernatural forces these beasts that rise up from the earth, it never gets better for them. They are always, they were always, until the very end, victims. Maybe some of you don't know what that's like. For those of you who don't know what it's like to be a victim, then know this. Daniel is stripping away from you any illusion, any illusion at all that you can impact the world by yourself. Any illusion at all that you have the strength as history is sweeping along to change it. For those of you who know what being a victim is like, Daniel speaks to you. And he grieves with you. We could do this. We, we, we could think about and, and look at history, at who these beasts were and who they are. But maybe we don't need to. Maybe, maybe there's just enough supernatural forces in your life for you to know exactly what it is to be a victim. Maybe, maybe your enemy is death. And death comes and, and takes from you those that you love. And you can do nothing about it. Or maybe, maybe sin has got you in a stranglehold and, and you just can't break out. Or maybe, maybe it's Satan. And Satan comes at you with all of his temptations and he wants to take you down. And boy, he's been successful. Maybe you know exactly what it is to be a victim. I mean, this is an absolute nightmare for the Christian. And Daniel knew it. And so the blood drained from his face, his breathing got ragged, and it says in the Scriptures that his, his, his thoughts were troubled. You know, I, I, uh, there's an stunning thing that happens. We didn't get a chance to read it because this chapter is so long. But Daniel actually gets the chance to have like a backstage pass to this vision. Like He, he gets the chance to have this Q&A session after it's over, and so he, he can go up to this guy who actually watched the vision with him, and he can ask him any question he wants, any question at all. 
And so Daniel asks the guy, and he says, you know, what's it all mean? And, and the guy says, well, here is the four kingdoms and all this other stuff. And then Daniel, here's his follow-up question. He says, tell me more. Tell me more about the fourth beast. Because he is just, his imagination is just utterly captured by this beast with the claws who is literally biting off the heads of the saints. But you know what Daniel never asks about? He never asks in this stunning Q&A section, can you tell me about the old? I wonder how he would have felt if he would have asked about the old one. And he would have went up to that guy who interpreted the dream for him and, and, and said, who is the old one who throws down all the beasts and judges them and strips them of their power? Who is that? And, and the guy could have came back and says, that's God the Father. That's God the Father who, who sees it all who sees the saints, and they're just going down without help from God. And, and what if Daniel would have, would have went and said, can you tell me more about the cloudy one? Can you tell me more about the Son of Man who does not come from the earth, but instead He comes from the clouds? And the guy could have came back and said, you know, the old one saw what was happening to the saints. And he could not stand by and do nothing about it. So he sent his son with great power and divine majesty to interfere and defeat the beasts. And what if Daniel would have followed up that question and said, can you tell me why this cloudy one is led as a victor into the presence of the old one. And it's at that point when the one, the one interpreting the dream says, Daniel, thank you for asking that question. You need to know this. This cloudy one will come down from heaven. He will wrap himself up as a son of man, and he will have victory after victory after victory. He will even rise from the dead, Daniel. And then maybe Daniel could have followed up with this question. Why is it that people of every tribe and every nation and every language willingly fall down on their knees and worship this cloudy one? And the man answers back and says, Daniel, you've gotten to the heart of it now. You really have. Because every tribe and language and people did not fall down and worship the, the four other kings. Oh no, only the fifth king. Only the cloudy one. Because the people know just how much this king loves them. And just how much this king has sacrificed for them. Look at the cloudy one's hands. Look at the cloudy one's feet. See his empty tomb. And know that this Jesus is Christ the king and his kingdom will never end. I wonder, I wonder if Daniel, instead of asking about 
the Antichrist, and the fourth beast, if he would have begun to ask questions about the Father and the Son, if instead of having his face drain of its color, that instead his heart would have been lifted. Let me tell you something. Nightmares only cease when there is one who intervenes. And Daniel's nightmare would only cease when he would come to meditate on Christ the King and who Christ the King was for him. Our nightmares cease today. Whatever it is, you know, whatever you came into God's house today facing and battling, I want you to know something. Christ is King. And He has come to defeat every beast, every supernatural power, the very flow of history for you. You know what Christ the King Sunday is all about? Obviously, it is about putting a crown on the head of King Jesus. But it's so much more than that. It is about putting a crown on your head. And your head. And your head in the back. I want to tell you who you are. Because of Christ the King, you are not victims. Not by a long shot. You are kings and queens. And because you are kings and queens, it is time today we get to the heart of the matter. It is time today to re-engage the battle. And I want you to hear me this, because victims, what victims can do is they can, they can sort of just give up and despair. We're going to get swept along in the tide of history by these powers, and they can just give up and despair, but not us. Today, it is time to re-engage the battle. I want to tell you something that's been on my heart lately. I am sick and tired. I'm absolutely sick and tired of pe people going to hell. I am. It is a needless thing to have happen. It doesn't need to happen. Because Christ the King has won salvation for them, it is time for us, O church of God, to re-engage the battle. We are not victors. We are, we are not victims. We are victors. Good thing I got that right. For a whole year now, we, we, have been, we have been trying to push this into your hearts. Next week, we're going to start all over again. It's time for Advent. Will you pray with me? Jesus, you truly are king. Thank you for letting us see you, for, for opening up heaven so that we can see you sitting on your throne with all the glory and power and majesty that you deserve. Help us to, with great faith, re-engage in the battle knowing that you have already won it for us. Jesus, we pray this in your great name. Amen. Amen.